We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jalen Brunson just 5 of 17. He had 20.6 assists, but this was a rough, rough performance on the offensive end. Nick shooting just 37% overall, 24% from three, and turned it over 18 times. Nick's accomplished what they came here for. They got one game. Yep. And now head back home. Normally, 74% of the time, the team that wins the first game wins the series. So the Cavs respond. Knicks through the first punch in game one. Cavs come right back with a roundhouse in game two. And this series is tied. The expectation before the series, it was going to be a long, hard, forward series. And right now it's even with perhaps five games left. We mentioned the Cavs 24 times the regular season. They held teams below 100 points. The best in the NBA suffocating the Knicks tonight. Only giving up 90 points. Oh boy! <laughs> How you doing, Benji? Gloriously. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that was a good old-fashioned ass whooping um, mm. at the hands of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavs obviously down 0-1 in this series at home game. They absolutely had to get, and they got it. Um, that's the short version. Sadly for us here tonight, um, there is going to be a much longer version that needs to be discussed. This is one of those games where there is going to be um, kind of two two subsets of, of conversations that come from it. There's going to be a lot of takey stuff, all of which is, is I think is valid, but like that I don't know is is necessarily productive towards figuring out where the Knicks go from here. And then there is the stuff that we actually really need to get into the nitty gritty on, which I know we're going to have the next two games to talk about after we settle down and, and calm ourselves after, again, what was an absolute ass whooping 107 to 90. This, the score was, was not indicative of how bad this game was. Um, I, I'd like to start here, Benji, and I want to get your your thoughts first. The, the it Just the easier side of the ball for me. And look, actually, let me take it a step back. Last few days have featured a lot of talking by Cleveland about physicality and we need to come out and be physical. And they did that. And the referees certainly let them come out and do that. And Cleveland's ability to be physical in this game and perhaps get away with 
some stuff. And perhaps the whistle not being equal, which I don't think the whistle was equal, at least early on, um, emboldened them, enabled them, whatever word you want to use, to set the tone and the course in this game. Uh, would you would you generally agree with that that statement, Benji? Yeah, I think I thought the whistle was not helpful in the first quarter, um, specifically, and was unfortunate because I felt felt like they were rewarded. I, you know, I don't know conspiracy theories of refs. Yeah, I, stuff. I, don't, I don't know, but it certainly felt like it and gave the Cavs a certain energy about them when they got the good end of the whistle early. Um, so it contributed. It contributed. 100%. But I like the words you used. It helped Cleveland. It contributed to Cleveland's win. And I again, I think it set the tone. And when a, a tone gets set, it can be very difficult to overcome that initial whatever it is that sets the tone. And so the Knicks were perhaps operating from a point of disadvantage. Now, the Knicks certainly, in addition to the ref thing, the whistle thing, the physicality thing, whatever you want to say, had a lot to do with how this, the rest of this game transpired. What I was starting to say earlier and what I think we could get out of the way pretty quickly is I think the, the, the in terms of when Cleveland had the ball and the Knicks were defending them. I don't know that there's that much to talk about here other than the fact that they went away from Isaac Okoro. They put in Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert reminded everybody like, hey, I'm a pretty good offensive player. I'm not a consistent offensive player, but I'm capable of being a damn good offensive player and not just a spot-up guy. I can put the ball on the floor. I can put pressure on your defense. I can make a mid-ranger. I can take the ball to the rack occasionally. I can make a pass. All those things. Between that and taking advantage of the secondary matchup, which is Garland. Um, and it, it was a number of guys that Garland took advantage of. It was the whole defense that Garland took advantage of. I think those were the two things that Cleveland adjusted to when they had the ball. And I think for the most part, and Knicks didn't play great defense. They let go of the rope a little bit at the end of the first half. They let go of the rope a little bit at times at, at towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter. I didn't see anything from Cleveland tonight on offense that made me think, man, I don't know how the Knicks are going to be able to defend well enough to win this series. I'll go back to you again, Benji. Any disagreement there or anything you want to add? A few things that I thought I thought were problems for the Knicks. Number one, Julius Randle kind of they went with the same game plan where Julius was going to show two and when they screened with his man, Mobley was going to be able to roll and 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 but there's in game one, Julius did that role and and with 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 real activity and energy. Yes. And tonight, I, I felt like he was like happy to just make okay, Garland give up the ball, my job is done, and like whatever happens behind me happens, and that's not the case. Nope. So number one, I think Julius needs to maintain his defensive energy, which is always kind of a question. Um, and I think in order to win this series, he's going to have to be good defensively and active defensively. Number two, I thought they attacked Jalen Brunson relentlessly, especially in the second and third quarters. And I think the Knicks did not handle it well with Levert in the game and Brunson you can't can, hide yeah. on a Coro and even like Rubio got those minutes in the first half where he was able to hide. Well, now he's got to be a, now you have a guy who can screen and flare and make shots and drive and, 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 and make floaters as well. And I thought the Knicks didn't adjust well to that at all. I think they have to bring a third guy into the action early as it, whether it's Josh Hart or whoever to come up a little bit and make sure that they can recover onto that flare. I also did a little bit at, at, at after once. 
Yeah. I also think that if Danny Green and Lavert are in the game together, Brunson's got to guard Danny Green. I got to see Danny Green have any ability to to flare and move with the uh, with any semblance of the the way that Lavert can do it. Right. So like I think. Matchup wise, I was a little surprised the Knicks didn't adjust to that. Even if it's Julius guarding Lavert, he's just more. I think there's more size there. I don't think you take as much advantage. Um, those were two things. And the third thing I would say is, it's significant that the Knicks already got the Cavs to make the first big adjustment, which is we're benching our starting small forward. Uh, That's a good point. See the court, and I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to underscore that. That was a big early, early series adjustment. Credit to JB Bickerstaff for making it. But the Knicks forced that, forced his hand because early in this game, it was the same story where Okoro, they were just funneling the ball to Okoro when he couldn't. Three minutes. Played three minutes. And he might not see the floor again this series. Rubio's done. They're going to play guys that can shoot. That means that their big guys are going to log a ton of minutes because they're not playing a big bench. I'm not sure Danny Green can move. I wasn't convinced in his short stint that that he is going to be a real factor in this series. I think he can find ways to attack him on defense also. But... Those were kind of the general. I, I I agree that they defended okay. That wasn't really the problem side of the ball tonight, but definitely some adjustments from the Cavs that the Knicks are going to have to adjust back to for game three. And to your point that you just made, um, and I, I we're burying the lead. We're, we're getting to it. I just wanted to get I, – I was, I was trying to get the quick stuff out of the way first, but this, it does deserve a little bit of, of, of uh, diving into. So – if if indeed Okoro is out, and I, I bet you they go back to him at some point in this series – you know, maybe as a, as a, you know, as a pivot, you know, uh, like Brunson gets going, let's throw a core in the game and let's, and let's deal with it. But like, let's assume a is out for right now and let's assume the Knicks figure out a way. And we're going to talk about this in a moment to adjust such that you can't have Danny green on the floor. Well, then all of a sudden you got the four, the main four Levert and Chetty Osmond, Chetty Osmond played 23 minutes tonight. He was two of nine from the field. And in a game that, uh, the, and look, some of these minutes were garbage time, so take it with several grains of salt. But in a game, the Cavs were destroying the Knicks. Uh, Chetty Osmond was a minus nine. Again, take wow. it with some grains of salt. Yeah, but that's, again, it's still something. So what are you left with? You're left with five guys in a night that was atrocious for the Knicks all the way around. That's one silver lining. And then the second silver lining, um, again, you took advantage of, of Brunson. You may not be able to hide Brunson anymore. Uh, not aggressive Randall. Um, the uh, and both of those things and and Cleveland fifty percent overall forty two point four percent from three. You had all of that, and Cleveland scored one hundred seven points. Now, would they have scored more points if they needed to? Yes, they were probably on pace at this rate to score maybe one fifteen, one twenty, whatever it is. I'm st- I'm gonna st- stick with my thinking that this is. Still not. I'm not coming out of this worried as nearly, nearly as much. I'm not worried, honestly, at all about the Knicks' ability to stop the Cavs when they need to stop the Cavs. Um, the other side of the ball is now officially, for me at least, a concern. So the Knicks scored 101 points in the first game, scored 90 points in this game, and that is a generous 90 because the uh, when the Cavs needed to, they held the, the, their foot on the Knicks' throat. I don't know where you want to start here, Benji. I mean, the Knicks have gone as their top two shot creators have gone this season. And Jalen Brunson came out and he was extraordinarily aggressive, specifically from behind the arc. And it was not his night. And it was 
he started off okay and then it quickly had, um I don't know if I froze there for a second. Oh, okay. Am I back now? I think I'm back. You're back now. And yeah. I'm back now. Did you, did, uh, what did, what did I, did, did I drop? I heard name? Jalen Brunson was aggressive early, especially from behind the arc. It wasn't his. There night. you go. And then, I, then I lost you. And Julie, probably appropriately enough because Julius Randle was the next thing I said. <laughs> and I was like, Julius Randle did score 22 points on 20 shots. Okay. He also had six turnovers to one assist. Um, he looked out of sorts. And he wasn't exactly making shots at a great rate. He was trying to take it to the Cavs down low. And every time he did so, um, it did not necessarily go great. Um, when Julius Randle is five of 13 from two point range in a game, and most of those shots were from close range, that lets you know that there is an issue. So there's your head of the snake. And then it's like, okay, if that's your head of the snake, and then your ancillary snakes don't have arms and, uh, and legs, so I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, but <laughs> you get where I'm going. Nobody else really did anything. The best of the lot, I guess, was R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett, I'm glad we've, we've, we've arrived at this point early. Uh, you have to laugh after this one. I mean, really. Um, R.J. Barrett ended up with 14 points on 13 shots, which on this night made him Jerry fucking West. Um, because because nobody else could do a blessed thing and look part of that is guys have been not good Emmanuel quickly I think should be the lead story because he has been the Knicks metronome this season perhaps even more than Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and he has now had two consecutive games in which he is between somewhere between completely out of sorts and bad I don't know if it's more that he's out of sorts or that he's more bad somewhere in that range, which is tough because, again, you're metronome all season long. And Quentin Grimes took two shots in 22 minutes, um, which I, I don't know what to say about that. So, I mean, take it away, Benji. I, what, where are you at in terms of the Knicks offense and their ability to continue to score in this series to win it? Yeah, I was surprised by Brunson's early approach, and I thought it had a trickle-down effect throughout the entire roster. Like, I, fourth quarter, late crunch time, I understand him isolating and taking every shot. I get it. First quarter of game two, I, I you know, I think your responsibility as, a, as the point guard of the team handling the ball is to at least get everybody some touches. Um, make early passes. It was, he only passed when he felt like he had to. Um, it was just too much isolation and yeah, he had a few ins and outs, like a couple of those could have gone down, but the whole yeah, offense for sure. just wasn't functioning anywhere near the way it needs to. And I just think it has to come down to like, sometimes you got to make an early pass. Sometimes you got to run through their high post. Sometimes you just got to bring the ball up and swing it and let someone else attack. Like it can't, it's asking too much of him and then it's not allowing anybody else to really get in any kind of rhythm early. So I, I didn't like the approach at all from Brunson to start the game. And he's someone I'm very hesitant to be critical of because he, he gets it and he's generally, he generally has a, a real hand on the pulse of this team. I just didn't really sense it tonight. And I thought it was damaging. Um, they play the Cavs made an adjustment defensively where they were just, they were hard trapping him and they were really aggressive helping off the weak side. So like Jared Allen was on the other side of the lane, overloading it. And I think they were taking advantage of the fact that Brunson wasn't a very willing passer and two that he can't really see over a defense. 
And so like, it's hard for the ball. The ball just never found itself, never found the weak side. Like Grimes is kind of standing there and it never found the weak side, which is what, what, where we get to Grimes only taking two shots is because the ball just doesn't find him off that initial trap. Can I add a third thing there, which is, and that's, by the way, again, talk about burying the lead. I'm sitting here talking for 15 minutes. That's the story of the game is the Cavs aggression on when they were on defense and specifically trapping Jalen Brunson and the Knicks inability to do anything with that. The third thing I want to add is when he did get the ball out too, and there was maybe a momentary four on three, the Knicks did little to nothing with those opportunities. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah. something we talked about in the preview is like, depending on who's in the game, if it's Mitchell Robinson, they should be wow. aggressive. And there were a couple times where Mitch caught it at the foul line and didn't know what to do with it. And then everyone can get back. And by the way, Julius Randle is guilty of this too. Even Julius got it yes. off. Just so hesitant and like not quick yep. enough to make the pass. The Cleveland defense is extraordinarily active and extraordinarily long. And there aren't many gaps. When you get an advantage, you have to hit it quickly. And if you Fast. don't, yes. And if you don't, then it's the, the gap just closes. And now you're trying to fight someone one on one again. And that happened a lot in this game. So, like, and it happened a lot in game one, too, to be honest. But Brunson and Randall were just good enough shot making that they were able to, 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 to win the game anyway. But over the course of the series, it's going it's be, it's to be asking a lot. Brunson, I think, will shoot better. He makes a lot of the shots he normally makes. So I'm not worried about his shot making. I just yeah. think he's going to need other guys to step up, and that's partially on him to get everybody involved. Completely agree. So the Cavs did that, um, and it, it didn't happen immediately, I didn't think. But before too long, that approach, maybe combined with the physicality, Got the Knicks also all kinds of out of sorts. The Knicks only finished, I believe they finished with 17 turnovers for the game, but during the relevant portion of this 18 turnovers, which was by the way, the same as Cleveland um, that and Cleveland had several turnovers at halftime. Also, the difference was that 14 turnovers for the Knicks at halftime yeah. and Cleveland scored 21 points off of those turnovers to just seven points off of turnovers. Um, or excuse me, that's wow. I was off there. 27 points, not 21 points, 27 points off of those 14 turnovers um, to just 11 points scored off of the um, Cavs turnovers. And so like, and I guess that's kind of where I want to end up here before I, I let you go because like, so, okay. The Cavs had this approach. It worked and guys just need to play. Like, I, I don't, like I think they will they will the Knicks will settle in, settle down on offense, and we won't see another first half where the Knicks have 14 turnovers. I feel confident about that. Like you said, I feel confident Jalen Brunson is going to make more shots than he made tonight. I even think Julius Randle is gonna God willing play better and not be as I guess hesitant, right? Hesitant would be the word, um, or apprehensive in terms of like how both hesitant and careless simultaneously. And careless, okay. <laughs> so I have to think that those things are going to happen, but there are some very real worries in terms of like systematically. We have to ask: Do the Knicks have answers for this? When you have again. RJ Barrett, he had a he had a better he has been the best. Put Josh Hart aside because Josh Hart exists kind of in his own world. He's not asked to create shots. He's not even really asked to take a whole lot of shots, which is maybe an issue in this series because he's such an important piece to other things that you do. 
Um, but like put him aside from the guys that the Knicks rely on to get points in the way that traditionally you get points in the NBA, either by hitting outside shots or like making stuff happen inside the arc. RJ quickly and Grimes like RJ's been the best of those three easily. And yet we're sitting here and he was 14 points on four of 13 shooting. Grimes, we said, took two shots. We talked about why that is because they just weren't getting the ball to him. And then Emmanuel quickly ended up four of eight for 12 points. I mean, you want to talk about a stat line that is not even remotely indicative of how he played because he was very bad again. And he got some things to go late and hopefully seeing the ball go through the basket will help. Is there anything that needs to be said other than like, I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks offensive shot creators and shot makers just have to be better. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I, I think there are some things they can do. Um, I think letting Brunson play off the ball a little bit, and this is going to rely on Emmanuel quickly being a lot better. And the hope is that he got a couple to go late and that he comes home and gets more comfortable. But like, man, they're not winning this series if Emmanuel quickly stinks. They're, it's not happening. Emmanuel quickly nope, was arguably nope, nope, nope. the, maybe not even arguably the third best player this year. So like he's going to have to show up. I think so. So in that vein, I think giving him the ball some and letting Brunson play off the ball and be able to attack without all of that attention on the second side a little bit, whether it's involving him in pistol actions, whether it's just on driving kick scenarios where he catches now with with a bit of an advantage, he can attack a closeout instead of facing two defenders and Jared Allen looking at him the whole game. I think that's one way the Knicks should go is like trying to allow quickly to run more of the offense and then Brunson can attack on the second side, which I think so, real quick, by, by the way, you talked already about, I'm, I'm going to sound like Debbie Downer here. You talked already about like, okay, good job by the Knicks making Cleveland make the first adjustment. Now we're talking about, okay, the Knicks adjustment is to take the ball out of your best player's hands. That in and of itself is a little bit of a win for Cleveland if that's what the Knicks need to do, isn't it? In a sense, but I, I feel like it's a very, again, like Brunson is great, but kind of just biologically, it's hard for him to, to see yeah. over, especially a defense like this. And it, it's a, they're so big. And so like, it, it, I, I just think it benefits the Knicks offense, whether that's a win for Cleveland. I get that. I, I could hear, I could see that, but I think, Overall, it'll just be a, a nice shot in the arm for the Knicks offense to kind of loosen things up a little bit. And and for Julius, I think it's really important to start screening for him. Uh, it was too many ISOs on Mobley I tonight. completely agree. And yep. I just, I, 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 that's just not going to yield a ton of fruit. When he has Danny Green on him or, Je- or Jetty different. Osmond on him, he needs to attack the rim and not settle for threes, which he did on Danny Green one time in the second half. But like when Mobley's on him, try to like, and this is the way Grimes and quickly need to get involved too. Is screeners, man, like let bring them into the action to screen. They do it for for Brunson a bunch. Um, I think they could do it for Randall as well and try to create a little bit that way and loosen things up. Um, so those are two things I think that they could definitely do. And then just being a little bit quicker in their decision making, getting off the ball faster, I think will be a big part of it as well. Like Cleveland, I hesitate to say this because like. Here's what I was going to say. Cleveland wanted this game for the Knicks on offense. They wanted to get get the Knicks in the mud. They wanted to make this a slog. They wanted to make it such that the Knicks had nothing easy and obviously were forced to make very difficult decisions and like force them to just like live in the muck and succeed in the muck. 
the Knicks did not, the Knicks gave into that completely. And I, it's like, I want to be critical of the Knicks because they did give into it completely at the same time. Cleveland was the best defense in the league for a reason. So it, it, it's like, you know, and it's the playoffs and it's like, okay, it comes down to, to matchup hunting and this and that. And so, but again, if you're, if your top guys are just not making shots, um, I don't really know what to do. And, and I'm going to go back to this one more time. Maybe I'm the only person who keeps beating this drum, but when Cleveland limits you from taking threes, they win. That is what they want to do. They do not want you to take threes. They were the best team in the league at taking away threes this year. Um, and the Knicks for the second game in a row took 29 threes. They made eight th- in the game one. They made seven in this game. Like I, I am convinced the Knicks need to figure out a way to generate good three point looks. And I, I'm, that's not easy against this team because again, they were better at it than anybody else. Um, but I, I think that's, I think that's what they need to do. And I, I think it might be hard to do, but yeah. Yeah. You can see how they do it. Uh, it it's, they can just, it can be super aggressive on the perimeter and just overplay everything and force you off of that line. When you know, you have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley in there. And like, you, did you see it tonight? Like, man, the Knicks struggled to finish around the rim tonight. Those two guys were around the rim. Those two guys were monstrosities down there. They were great. Credit to them. They were great down there. The Knicks could not finish anything. Um, And so that allows guys like Garland to play. And Garland was good defensively tonight too, but there's a luxury. He has a luxury of being able to play super aggressively, understanding what's behind them. And that's how they do it. And they could shrink the floor with all that length. And it seems like sometimes like there's nowhere to go. And that's look, it's always, it was always going to be a challenge for the Knicks to score in this series. I just think that they need to be able to find the weak side whether it's directly from the point um, and that's Brunson and quickly, whether it's finding the high post and then swinging it quickly to the weak side, that's going to be key. You have to find the second side against them. It's too hard to create on the strong side with all those guys helping. So um, to me, that's the key going into game three and they're going to, they have a few days to think about it for sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. 
Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Quick personal injury report because, and this will be a good way to finish up the the lead stories of the game, um, and then we'll move on. Oh my God, I, I I didn't even ask Andrew if we threw plays of the game. I have no plays of the game for this game. Jesus Christ, play plays of the game were uh, the final buzzer, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know the showers going on after the game, and then maybe the team getting on the team bus. Uh, Injury report. So Julius Randle um, in the game late along with the other starters for reasons that, I mean, look, we joke about it with, with these, a lot of these tipsisms, you, you either win or you learn. And, but again, we, we joke about it, but he, 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 they're in his blood and in his mind, it's like, look, we're going to use this opportunity to try to figure something out. Now, I thought there was some validity to that when the Cavs still had their starters in the game. Bingo. And as you pointed out, once the Cavs still got their starters and you're going against the likes of Raul Neto and Robin Lopez and whatever, at that point, it's just, it ceases to be productive. There's nothing and to gain. There's nothing, nothing to gain. Nothing to gain. And what happens? Jared Allen goes up, takes Julius Randle out of the air on a dunk attempt. Julius Randle goes back to the locker room. We'll see. I mean, he lands on his his tailbone. Um, I will, we'll see what happens. I, it was an awful decision by Tom Thibodeau. There was no defending it. Zero defense of it whatsoever. The silver lining that I'm, I tried to put on it in the moment and I don't know. We'll see, but like the series was already chippy and the series was already obviously high, high intensity, high emotion, the whole thing. I wonder if that play, again, it's a playoffs. You don't need any extra motivation. But, like, Julius is a funny guy, man. Um, I just wonder how, if if he plays, I mean, God forbid, God forbid that injury keeps him out for, like, game three. I mean, I don't even know what the conversation is going to be then. Um, we'll have it if and when it comes. But, like, yeah, that's the last thing I wanted to say. Benji? Andrew? 
<laughs> I, I have nothing to add Thank to that. You. It was it was inexcusable. It was ridiculous. It was a terrible shame. The game already was. Oh, the game is over. I crappy mean. enough, yeah. and like to it, it just didn't make any sense. We said it at the time. Uh, Jared Allen, I don't think that I, I I understand that you're theoretically trying to block the shot, but that is an incredibly dangerous play from behind, regardless of the score, to be honest with you. Now, I'd get it more if it was a close game, sure. but that trying to block a shot from behind the guy that's already in the air like that is an incredibly dangerous play. So I thought flagrant was the right call. I wouldn't have tossed him for it, but I thought flagrant was the right call. And I don't really want to hear any defenses of that not being a dangerous play that shouldn't be in basketball. Like I'm all for trying to block shots, but when a guy's in the air and you're directly behind him, you can't, you can't try to go for that block. So that was a shame, but he shouldn't have been in the game. And that's really all that needs to be said. It was, it was indefensible. I, I more indefensible or less defensible was the fact that Randall was in the game again. Do we get a silver lining out of it? We'll see. All right. Um, Andrew, anything else before we, yeah, on hold on. Yeah, moment of the well, game. We, you're we're really doing, doing a moment of the game. Yes, Benji. I'm glad you're here for this because oh I got three candidates. So um, let's start in the first period when Vladimir Tarasenko scored <laughs> 4:58 into the game to give the Rangers a one nothing lead. That's one. 9:30 in, Chris Kreider scored to make it two nothing. <laughs> And then Ryan Lindgren scored to make it three nothing. Um, if you want to add a fourth, which the Rangers did, uh, Chris Kreider scored again off a he had one called back and then on a deflection uh, scored. And then the last one by Philip Edel to make sure you won by four. Uh, those those are my five moments. Oh, were we talking about a different game? Were, were you guys talking about a different game? It's the it's the James Dolan expanded universe. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Listen, we needed some good vibes. So the Rangers provided that at the very least. This was rough, but hey, you won game one. You did what you had was, to do, as we like to say. You did what was, you had to do. You got one game in their place. You come back to our place. Hopefully the role players find themselves in the in the home games, which often happens um, and they're going to need to. And the Knicks have a couple of days. I think they could probably use a couple of days now, luckily, even though it seems like the series is going to take a month and a half uh, with all these days in between. But I think it's probably useful for them to go to the tape. They got to adjust back. They got to hit back. And uh, we'll go from there. See how it goes. What's the example, real quick, what's the example I used on the playback? Go back to 2013, the season that apparently only I thought was special. That first, that second round series against the Pacers. Knicks lose game one. Game two, they win by 26, have this run in the third into the fourth quarter where they outscore the Pacers by like 40. Got run off the court, the Pacers, 105 to 79. Didn't matter to the rest of the series. The Knicks lost home court or the Pacers stole home court and the Pacers defended it. Cleveland has to prove that they can win a game on the road. Uh, Yes, and Cleveland has been, we should also say Cleveland has been a phenomenal home team all year. Like, I, I... I think keeping perspective is important tonight, but it is going to be interesting because there is a, there's 50% of me that wants to say exactly what you just did, Benji. The Knicks came into Cleveland and did their job. Despite mm-hmm. how tonight went, the Knicks did their job. And the other half of me is like, okay, we got to figure out how to score enough points to win three more games in this series. That's because both are, both are true. Both, both are, both, are true. <laughs> both That's why, because be you're right. Both sides of you are right. Uh, it's yeah. both. Like okay. if this had been a really close game, um, 
I think you go in and say like, all right, we got one to two and like, it's going to be a grinded out series. Now we go home, we get our advantage. Um, the fact that they got blown the hell out and there were obvious things that Cavs did to stymie their, the Knicks offense in specific and attack certain weak points in the Knicks defense. Yeah. There are strategic things the Knicks need to figure out um, and need to counter now. And hey, again, we talked about this before the series. This is a big series for Tom Thibodeau. Yes. Because Bickerstaff made the move, made a lot of moves. More than you normally see in a game two in terms of lineup shifting, in terms of strategic changes, Tibbs has to counter back now. Now it's in his court. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. Well said, Benji. Thanks for sticking around for a little extra time and uh, your uh, amazing insight as always. Let's go Rangers. How's you are, baby? Later, guys. Later, Benji. Later. So, uh, as I understand it, we have many super chats from before this it's game. Even why ended. I'm glad. I Before I had the Rangers bit ready, um, I was gonna make sure that that Randall moment at the end got mentioned. If it was, if it wasn't in personal injury report, no. um, it was gonna be in moment of the game because that is a a topic of conversation. Why is Randall in the game? Yeah, of all? course, absolutely. Um, but, but again, like that's one of those things where I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna be like, it was all, it was wrong decision, terrible decision. It, it was incorrect. I don't know how many different ways I could say yeah. it. I don't. But that's it's it. where you just say, I agree. And we move on. Yeah, I agree. That's all so you like, got to say is like, for, I agree. for anybody who has, for anybody who has super chats, if, if like, I apologize in advance, I'm going to be like, yep. Okay. That's all you have to say. You're right. There's no analysis. You are correct. Yes, yeah, you're correct. There's no analysis. Yes. I'm, you know, but that's like, you live by the tips and you die by the tips. He is. He, and Julius Randall almost died. Almost by the died tips by the tips. Yeah. Is what happened. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. Uh, starting us off, I believe I know. Hold on. Yeah, where we're, here's where we're starting. Because we bring back our segment from game one, Robert Cross Super Chats from before the game started. Wonderful. So first one, this is at 7.01, about a half an hour before tip off. All right. Puck, puck drop. It just happened. So go ahead. Great. It's your boy, John. The only thing softer than the Cavs is your burgeoning relationship with Big Thread Ben. Nixon five. Hashtag 53 wins. Um, yeah. I mean, if we didn't emphasize it enough already, I'll say it again. And, and bad job by me because I was the one who on a few occasions over the last several days, I'm like, OK, you could talk about coming out and being more physical, actually being physical and having it work to your advantage is a different story. Um, they did. They absolutely backed up their words. Did the refs help? Yeah, the refs helped. But like, good job, Cleveland. That's all I'm going to say. Good job by them. Next up. Uh, first time, long time, John. The Cavs are food. They are an unserious team. <laughs> Nixon at five. Hashtag 53 wins. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I, I, I never know whether Robert is being facetious or not. I hope he's being facetious with this one. He sent this when the Knicks are up 13, six. Yeah. 15 which, minutes into the game. And even then I was like, eh, okay, we'll uh, listen, I was talking my shit. I didn't put it into a super chat, but I was, I was pretty arrogant on the, on the playback. Cavs came out and played better. Props to them. They're Next really, up. They're this such is, a good. Okay. This is a coast. This is a cosign we all have, by the it's way. It's your boy, John update. Reggie Miller still sucks. Hashtag 53 wins. And you know what the worst part of Reggie Miller? He is. He's so smart because he is such a smart guy and he knows, he knows exactly what he's doing. Mm. Like he, he, Every word that comes out of his mouth, he knows he's getting it's under intentional skin. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to get a reaction as those that yeah. are on television do. He's the, great, he's the greatest villain in Nick's history. It's, and I don't think it's close. Last one from Robert. 
Okay. Uh, first time, long time, John. The officiating in the first half has been garbage. Hashtag 53 wins. I mean, okay. It, it was not a well. I did not think it was a fairly officiated game. I'll just say that. And I'm curious what Tibbs is going to have to say about it afterwards. I agree. Um, and away we go. Okay. Here we go. Although I'm still not getting, I have, I'm, yeah, I'm getting like no updates from anybody. Uh, so if there's any interesting quotes or stuff to come out of the post game stuff, uh, let me know, Andrew. All right. Mifflin's, <laughs> thank you. Not trying to step on RC's mid game. Man, you're going to tell me out with this. RC's mid game SC streak. Mid game super chat streak. Oh, Robert Cross's mid-game super chat streak. But can you provide any explanation for why Randall's been in the game since the beginning of the second? Um, I don't know when this was sent, but uh, I think he. You remember during the playback when I commented? Yeah, they went away was, from the strategy that yeah. Obi comes in five minutes in in the first quarter because Randall came in at the end of the first and then played yeah, the entire and like, second and played the most of the third, and I was like, huh. They went away from that quick up from Randall so that way they could stagger uh, Brunson Randall. And I'm like looking at it and like, you know, Obi was okay. Obi did a few nice things. Um, Forgive me. I don't think Obi Toppin is the answer in the series. It's not an Obi. I don't believe I, I at least didn't ask it from an Obi position. I'm just wondering what the adjustment was that they went back to what they did during the regular season. And I thought Benji answered it during, well, we both said it, but it was like they need their best offense on the floor. Yes, like it, the the staggering is nice and the adjustment was nice and it worked in game one. Yeah. In game three, you're trailing by a ton. And look, the the rebounding when OB came back in for that start of the fourth was just so clear. Like they just they don't have a rebounding edge whatsoever, especially the way Garland and Mobley were playing. Yeah. So. Yeah. OB one of one of four from three, by the way, tonight. Thanks, Mifflins. Uh Jesse M. Pre-2019 draft. My God. Uh Wode said there was a potential trade down move for the Knicks to draft Garland and gain another first round pick. In hindsight, it looks bad they didn't. Uh, I don't think we, we needed tonight to to say that. Uh, and, I mean, look, if you do that, then maybe you don't get Brunson and like there's a whole there's a my God, there's so many different sliding doors moments. But uh Darius Garland's I mean, Darius Garland was a twenty two year old all star. You know, there's there's no question about that. And RJ Barrett is a guy that I, again, he's been the best between quickly him and Grimes. He's been the best of those three. And it's not, not it, it, honestly, it's really not close. I still wonder whether RJ is the answer in this series or whether I would rather bank on one of those other two guys to get it going somehow. Thanks, Jesse. You're muted. The, so the next portion of our show is a Frank Miranda, a Frank from Patreon street. Oh, here we go. Okay. Okay. So buckle up, John. I'm, I'm uh, buckled up. Frank Miranda. What's up, Mag? It's your boy, Frank from Patreon. The game materialized. My worst fears that our offense throughout the year was a bit of smoke and mirrors because of the limited shot creators we have. Um, I'm going to get, let me get through all the comments and then I'll comment on, on all of this. Um, what's up, Mag? It's your boy, Frank from Patreon. Tibbs is back doing Tibbs like things. Josh Hart should not be in this game in the fourth quarter. Why not give Deuce a look here? The coach truly lacks foresight. Okay. Uh, what's up, Mac? It's your boy Frank from Patreon. Tips blind faith in RJ's baffling. I don't want to hear about his garbage points when the game was out of reach. And then uh, last but not least, 
Mac, why the hell is Tibbs inserting Randall and Brunson back in the game? This coach is trying to get a player unnecessarily injured. This is a fireable. This is fireable. If one of them gets injured, this is maddening. Okay, let's try to take it one one step at a time. Uh, I don't know about fireable. Totally, completely, 100%, 1,000%, 1,000,000%, the wrong decision to have his starters in the game that late. That's one. Uh, two, uh, Josh Hart being in the game in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, Josh Hart's a guy that just, he's been the best plus minus guy in the NBA since he got traded to the Knicks. Generally good stuff happens when he's on the floor. Um, I have no issue with him ever being out there. Although I will say, I will say in a series where, as I've been yelling and screaming about Nick's got to shoot threes, Nick's got to shoot threes, Nick's got to shoot threes. The fact that when he's out there, it's like one other guy who like, doesn't really want to shoot threes. And like, although he hits, I mean, again, he's the one guy who hits threes. He was one of two tonight. Excuse me, he's one of one tonight. <laughs> he's one of one. Um, so whatever. I'm not going crazy about Josh Hart. As far as Deuce, yeah, I think he could have used, you know, maybe a Deuce injection or something, seeing if maybe you got an answer there, seeing if maybe his activity level on defense, um, maybe get some splash plays, maybe get some steals, turn it into transition. I think that might be part of the answer in the series. Um, again, it's not why they lost this game. And then as far as the Randall or the 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 RJ. The RJ stuff um, quickly has been that uh, if you're, if you're going to ask me like what going into the rest of the series, what are you most worried about quickly being this bad? And this just, I mean, I, I I'll, I'll, I think I put it in the Substack chat uh, earlier today. I went and did the star standing. So you guys knew, know for the newsletter, I do my stars of the game. I went and did them for the post all-star break earlier today. Emmanuel quickly had 30 stars. The next best player was Quinn Grimes, who had over 20. And then everybody else was 16 or fewer. I think RJ had 16. I think Brunson had 16. Um, whatever. Emmanuel quickly has been since I mean, really for like the ever since the first 15, 20 games of the year, but he even reached another level at some point over the second half of the season. I don't want to say he's been like all star level good, but that dude's been. I mean, we, I mean, we, we, I, go back and watch any post, literally any post game because every game he was like amazing um, for him to go from that to being really kind of sort of taken out of the game by Cleveland's defense and just like not looking confident and just not being the Emmanuel quickly that we've come to know and love. That is worrisome, especially when, and I said it in the newsletter, uh, I think today, if you go back really over the last like 50, 60 games, any terrible game he's had, he, he almost always comes back with a big game. Well, now we have two bad games in a row. And so like, is it a matter of just going back home? I hope so. That's been very unsettling. And then as far as Quentin Grimes, again, Benji talked about this. They're just not getting in the ball. And then like when they do get in the ball, he, I mean, he, he took two threes tonight. He missed both threes. Also got to the free throw line five times. Was fouled on a three-point attempt. That's notable. But like I, I can't sit here and kill Tibbs for continuing to go with RJ when like what like there's not at least based on the evidence so far, 
Like what what are the what are the clearly better options? Now again, Frank, I'm with you. If you're asking me who am I gonna trust to get us out of this series with a win, RJ's gonna be below Grimes and quickly on that list. That's me, because I don't have a lot of faith in RJ. I just I, I, everybody knows that. I'm I've never I try to hide that. I we I might be wrong. We might be wrong. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Thanks, Frank. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.